Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I am your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out, uh, grow this thing, get some more feedback. We're doing some awesome stuff, so we would uh, really appreciate it. Um, as always, joined by my co-host, Tom Lewis. Tom, how are you doing today? Hey, doing well. Good to talk to you again, Mark. Yeah, as always. Um, so... I uh, I think the first place I want to start off at. How what do you think of the pinstripes? They're they're coming back. They uh we got kind of a leak last week. They looked not very good in the leak picture, uh, and then we got a full promo with Malcolm Brogdon wearing the number seven pinstripes, almost like an ode to Jermaine O'Neal. Um, I, I'm a <laughs> fan. What do you think so far? Yeah, I like them too. I like I kind of like the the colors too. A little different. So um, yeah, it's more like know, a royal blue be, than the navy that we're used to from the pinstripes. Yeah, it's not a full throwback. So, uh, but definitely has that flavor. As you mentioned on that that pinstripe bear. I know it seems like the pinstripes are uh, people either love them or hate them. But um, I guess or the people like me who are like yeah, whatever. Uh, but I no, I I think the sharp. I thought they looked good. And you're right, the seven jersey and pinstripes really really cool. Yes, I, I definitely have no complaints. The Pacers had out a really good picture showing because uh, they're sponsored by Motorola. So obviously they have the um, the old jersey with the one of the OG Motorola flip phones. And they have all the new like uh, Motorola smartphones next to the, uh, the other jersey that just came out. Yeah, today. that's so cool. I thought it was funny. Some nice work from the social team. Um, so we just have a couple of quick things to talk about today. Obviously, the first day of media availability because of the first day of training camp. Luckily, as far as we know, no Pacers tested positive, so they are on their way um, making things happen. Um, also, quick score alert for those of you who aren't Georgetown fans, um, this is just for myself. Navy is currently beating Georgetown with two and a half <laughs> minutes left. So that's uh, – Oh, man. Man, yeah. Things have not gone super well in the Patrick Ewing area yet, but we'll uh, we'll get there. Um <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm just enamored with uh, – I, I always grew up – I was like, you know, if I could play basketball anywhere, it would be Georgetown. Definitely never made it, but, you know, if if I was six foot ten, maybe. Um, so, in looking at the media availability, um, I guess the – I do, do we want to start talking about Victor or do we want to end talking about Victor? Because I feel like he's probably our main talking point. Yeah, I mean, he definitely was the, you know, the main point of it. I mean, maybe we could go real quick. I mean, as far as the schedule and, and where we're at here, I mean, this is – as, as the league put out the schedule, this is the first day, essentially, we're saying, quote, unquote, a training camp. Mm-hmm. But they can only have uh, four players at a time, essentially. Uh, one player and one coach per hoop, basically. And then I think they're just rolling them all through. So um, everybody's here, but they're working out individually. Um, but also, they're doing all the media. Instead of like having a big media day thing, they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of calling it a media week for a few days here where guys are doing zoom sessions and so today they had some bonus victor and um coach bjorkman um and yeah victor was definitely uh <laughs> had the most news just because he was asked a couple times about you know whether he wants to be a pacer um so it was a it was a pretty interesting answer i thought you know he 
overall, he was, you know, you talk about nobody tested positive. They were all positive about getting going, yeah. um, which was nice. I mean, obviously, that's how media day is. Everybody, it's like first day of spring training for baseball. All hope springs eternal, and, um, you know, everybody's excited. But, um, you know, it, you know, Sabonis was kind of a typical Sabonis, not giving too much in-depth on his answers, and Victor was was dodging and parrying a little bit, I think, with his. But he was, seemed very positive and in a jovial mood more so than he has been in a long time. So, yeah. Um, and of course, Jordan was positive. So um, anyways, I didn't really answer a question there, but just kind of wanted to. No, yeah, I, I know, I, I know where I want to jump in now that I think about it. Um, All right. Hop I on think in. the first thing I would say, uh, another news thing just broke, not huge, but uh, Reggie Jackson's returning to the Clippers on a one-year deal. Um, I guess that, you know, that's not super expected. Well, not that it wasn't expected or unexpected, a little bit out of the blue to come out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is what it is, but he's off the market now. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the first thing I'd say that's big is Sabonis talked about how he has no, you know, nothing is bothering him from his injury still. I thought that was significant. Yes. Um, obviously, again, we're going to wait and see what happens in games. Maybe, um, I mean, I think there's still a, a chance that his minutes are decreased just to start the year because, um, you know, anybody coming off an injury that kept them out of games, I mean, it, I, I, would, I wouldn't I would be super surprised at least. I guess, you know, it's possible it doesn't. But I thought that was definitely worth uh, noting right off the bat. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, <laughs> as I was listening to that, I was trying to think I could have sworn he kind of had that same answer um, about being healthy and ready to go at the beginning of the bubble, which of course <laughs> ended oh, up no. being a lot different. Um, so, and, then, and of course that brings to mind that, um, especially when you think about Vic, I mean, you know, these guys talk and say what they want to the media. They don't always have to give, divulge everything they know or give their full version. They can give what they want to give. So, um, you know, a lot of times, especially when you see a quote on paper or on Twitter um, or online, whatever, uh, you know, and, and take that as just, you know, the bottom line of, of what's going on. It's not always the case. So, uh, but he was definitely very hopeful. So Bjorkman said, you know, um, if I was needy, he was saying that Bjorkman went out to LA right after he was hired and, and met with them. And then, I mean, um, was there for a couple of days and watched him work out and, um, so both of them are confirming that he was healthy and ready to go. I think he mentioned, you know, he didn't have any limitations, although he didn't know if they'd be a little slower to ramp him up in activity, but, um, that seems to be something that would make sense. But, um, but then of course that would be a little limitation, but um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but for, for what the Pacers need to do and, and as far as getting everybody going and working with this new system and, and uh, starting on the same page, having him involved um, is huge. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I agree. Um, and, you know, speaking on Sabonis again as well, he also talked about his uh, – he, he's expecting to shoot more threes this year, um, which, again, yes. you know, this is something we've heard with Miles for – this will be – this is year seven now, um, which is still crazy yep. to me to say that. Um, but – I mean, yeah, I, I think that's another significant thing. He talked openly about how, you know, Nate Bjorkren is coming in. He wants them to really cut out some of the mid-rangers they were taking last year. Just Again, that's just, you know, um, backing up what we've heard the entire time that he's been uh, – since he's been hired. 
you know, so, but I think it's important that we keep hearing that. And now that we're hearing it from the players and that's clearly getting conveyed, obviously, again, we're going to have to wait and see what happens during the season, but it's good to know that that is coming through. Um, and those changes are definitely, at least in theory, it being implemented. Yeah. I, I felt like, uh, you know, Joe Moss had all the, uh, Bjorkren taking over talking points right in front of him and, <laughs> and hit them all, <laughs> yes. you know, we're going to, we're going to be playing more modern game, going to be playing like the Raptors and, and definitely um, moving away from, from those uh, mid-range shots and, and getting people, you know, the, the, the way he put it, I think is interesting and, and probably comes from his conversation, but, you know, he's saying he wants, you know, everybody to be shooting threes and shooting them with confidence. And so yeah, um, that's, that's the development part. Can you develop the guy and get him confident in his shot that, um, he can be a threat during the game. So, uh, but yeah, that that was uh, that was interesting uh, to get things going. First one out of the box. Yes, exactly. Um, I think my next point that I want to hit on as well, and also before we get to that, I want to say just because some people are like, "Oh, well, there's why would you want Domas shooting threes? Like he's a big man; he should be inside." Yes and no. Like, I think it's all about finding a balance. We've talked about this on the pod before, but I just always want to reiterate it. Like, it's just the the two or three times or not even two or three, like sometimes it's just one or two that happens during a game in which um, Domas is open, you know, above the break or rarely, he he was rarely in the corners, honestly, but um, he has a chance to shoot a threes wide open and he, you know, dribbles and pulls up into an 18 footer and he hits those well enough, but it's this, it's just making people have to guard him out to three is the point. You know, he doesn't have to be a prolific three point shooter. He doesn't have to shoot, you know, seven a game. It's just, um, adding that extra dimension can do just a little bit more for the offense. So I think that's kind of um, where we're coming from on that. I just want to iterate that to people. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, the thing, the way things were set up before, you know, I mean, Caitlin had an incredible piece about Miles Turner today and um, showing some of those examples where he's screening or he's popping and really he's in that mid range spot um, as opposed to being set up a little further out and, and little things like that, even with, with Domas, you know, if you're practicing that way and you're always getting uh, into that spot, you know, and it's behind the arc, that just becomes, again, more comfortable, helps your confidence, all those things. So, um, and if you can hit one or two in a game and that changes everything. So uh, that, that's part of the development uh, for doing the things that sounds like the way Bjorker wants it done. So, uh, but I think that'll be uh, interesting to see how how Domas develops and really how how often they really want him to get out there and shoot it. Yeah, exactly. So I think that brings me to our next point. I have a question for you, Tom. Um, how many times did we ever see Nate McMillan in a press conference wear a sweatshirt? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, maybe on this practice practice. Uh, well, yeah, usually that was a collar shirt or like a golf shirt. Uh, yeah, he was almost but, always wearing a polo shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, you're right. I, I feel like yeah, I do. I, 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 I realize that may have come off in a poor it. way. I mean, in terms of, I mean, like, I just think you get the difference between having, you know, Nate was. I don't want to say strict, but like, you know, I mean, Nate was pretty in his right. ways, and he had his way of doing things. And Nate's kind of back in and more relaxed. Again, this is just like me pulling an anecdote out of nowhere, but I, I I'm gonna yeah. run with it, Tom. Yeah, but I mean, you can, you know, and I mean, listen, Nate, 
McMillan isn't much older than me, a little bit older, definitely older. But, um, you know, I mean, at that stage, he's coaching um, and not as active, probably on the court, doing things, showing things. Um, and whereas Bjorkman's probably ready to run around and, and uh, work up a sweat while he's doing everything. So um, definitely, it sounds like he's just full of energy out there um, and, and so positive that um, uh, he, he probably is more getting more of a workout in practice <laughs> than they did Nate McMillan. The mates. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess I would ask too, I mean, what's kind of your biggest takeaway from Nate talking? I know he's still very much so, uh, um, you know, he, he's very good at the PR speak. He's already got that part of it being a pacer down. Um, but, you know, I, I just wonder what, what's kind of your biggest takeaway from his, his speaking time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, it sounded like he was really from, from day one, you know, we went to Miami to meet with Vic. He went to LA to meet with Domas. And even at that point, um, he was, you know, talking about, you know, what his plan is and, and, you know, giving Vic some things to work on and, and Domas. And um, I, I thought um, it was interesting where he, he was asked, you know, kind of about how long it's going to take to implement your new system, considering this, um, shortened time and, and how long he thought would, the team would take before they kind of grasped it. Um, and he was like, they're, they're going to be ready to go right now. And, and that was kind of where some of that continuity came in because, mm. um, you know, talking about how everybody already knows everybody. No one has to get used to any personalities or anything like that. And they can just focus on the basketball part. And individually, even in these one-on-zero workouts, he's been – going over what they're going to be doing and getting people ready to go. Um, so I thought it was interesting that he didn't, he didn't shy away from, um, or, or, you know, minimize any expectations. And, um, and also mentioned, you know, that yeah, the pressure is on to do better in the playoffs. That's what they brought him to, there to do. So um, I thought, you know, that was, that was interesting that, that he's already got everybody, kind of doing the system, even though they haven't had a full group practice. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that, that's really, I mean, I'm sure we could draw a little bit more from that, but overall, I mean, we have to talk about Victor. Um, I think it's, uh, <laughs> we put it off as long bef- as yeah, before we, before we, you know, talk about the big stuff at the end, I mean, the, the next part, he's saying he's feeling better um, than he did when he was in the bubble. And I, you know, I'd hope so. That's, uh, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, if he was feeling like he did in the bubble, that's, uh, oh boy. Um, you know, he mentioned that he's excited to have Calvert Chaney as part of the staff because he was, um, you know, he's familiar with him obviously from, from IU. Um, and, you know, just had like kind of the usual stuff, but then I don't remember who asked the question. Um, but you know, he was asked about his long-term commitment to the Pacers and had the, uh, the, night, the, the quote of that's pretty much out of my control. I'm committed to now. That's essentially all that matters. Um, so this is the one that kind of, uh, I don't want to say blew up because I mean, in terms of Pacers Twitter, sure, it blew up a little bit, but um, that's, you know, what, what kind of got the majority of the coverage in the run today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think there's definitely something to talk about there. What, what were your thoughts just, you know, when you were watching it and you, you heard that live? Well, it was kind of the, the second time that the topic came around early yep. in the 
in the um, Zoom, he was asked a similar question, and he mentioned that you know he was um, always taught not to engage in nonsense, and um, he's trying to be the best version of himself. And, and you know, it's he kind of said the same thing. It's not in his control. Um, and then Dave Calabro asked him again if he um, wanted to be a pacer. Is that that's a almost a yes or no <laughs> answer, right? It's not something, you know, his feeling about being a pacer isn't something that's out of his control, but regardless, he went with, you know, it's out of his control. And, and also, you know, mentioned in that was that um, when it's time to do, or maybe this was a little later when, when someone asked about the contract um, and he said, you know, he hasn't had any discussions on a contract, but he said he thinks, that they, meaning he, his agent, I'm assuming, and the Pacers have been, you know, in touch and talking or whatever. But um, he also said that, you know, when it's time to do business, I'll be making the best business decision for me. Um, but right now, you know, he's just focusing on playing basketball and, be, and being a Pacer and doing the best for the team and all that stuff. So I think there was a lot there. I, I kind of got by the, by that second time and I'm going through it, I, I got a feeling, and um, I, you know, I, I just have a, I have, a, I have a, a, a pretty strong uh, BS detector um, because it kind of takes one to know one, and um, I, I, I felt like he's not ever going to answer that question and give the media what they want. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely. is always, he is always going to when the topic's brought up, he is always going to say it's out of my control. And it doesn't matter. And, you know, at this point, I, you know, it's, you know, you, you really just have to take his actions into account more than words. It goes back to what I was saying at the beginning with, with Bill Moss and that, you know, it's like these guys are in the media and they, you know, in, in some cases, you know, sometimes they have a direct message they want to get across. Sometimes they just want to get done and they'll give the media something, but it doesn't necessarily have to be 100% true. Um, and it could be true in that moment and the next day it's not. But, um, you know, it, um, it isn't the gospel truth that you have to, uh, I think, make major uh, assumptions off of. So uh, that, that was my, my end at the end. I'm like, you know what? He's never going to give them anybody in the media what they want on this. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So it's going to keep coming up, I'm sure at various points or, or if something uh, changes or there's a report of some something different. But at this point, um, I think he's almost just going to have fun with it and, and personally go on about his way. Um, but the good thing was, I felt he was, you know, his, every, uh, his answer to everything else was really positive and it really seems like, you know, he's going to give it a rip. we got a year here. He's got a year to earn that next contract, whether it's here or elsewhere. So, um, you know, all that stuff will play out. But for right now, he's got to, he's got to deliver uh, and show he's healthy and, and worth whatever he wants to be worth. So um, we might as well enjoy the here and now. And that's what he said he's focused on. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts off that. I mean, I think um, I like what you're saying about his positivity. I think that was the biggest thing because, um, you know, in, in watching and participating in some of the media availabilities too, um, over the summer, I mean, he, he wasn't that same positive person that we'd, you know, gotten used to in 17, 18. And, 
um, for part of 1819. You know, I, I thought, you know, largely over the summer, um, I don't want to say he was withdrawn, but I mean, I think this is the example I want to put out. And I have, I've had a lot of thoughts on this and I talked to you about writing about it, but I think it might be easier to put into a podcast form, you know? Um, so it's, it's easy for people to see on Twitter, like when Vic gets asked one question and it's not even that he gets upset, but you know, he answers it a certain way. Um, I'll never forget the one time I, I was on the call, um, the, you know, after he'd announced that he wasn't going to participate in the bubble. Um, and he got asked, no, it wasn't him. It was, it was, so Nate was up first as, as always, Nate was up first, um, prior Nate, I should say. Um, and he got asked, I, I'm not even kidding, 11 straight times before I was the one who asked a different question. 11 <laughs> straight times, the exact same question, is Vic going to play? Is Vic going to play? Every single person right before me. And that's not me trying to like crap on other media. They're doing their job. Um, and I think that's something that we lose. Like, it, I, I don't know what your personal f- feeling was, but it felt to me like it, not necessarily that Vic just like, hated anything but he was tired of the media like he was tired of having to answer the questions all the time and again that's a part of it comes down to i mean he's he's got to answer the questions because he's part of the reason that the questions are coming up are because of decisions he's making um but at the same time i mean i think that is something that definitely factors in right oh yeah and i mean he's always been a little uh kind of i believe enjoyed sparring a little bit with the media yeah in, in a in a playful way you know um uh, you know, a lot of times if someone will ask him about something during a game, you know, after a game, someone will ask him about certain plays or was this what was going on or was this what was happening? And he'd be like, no, not really. This was, you know, you know, he kind of enjoys shooting down a premise and then, you know, talking about about it <laughs> um, in his own way. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I kind of feel like, you know, he, he was ready for anything today, you know, and I think, you know, I, I saw some, some comments, uh, about, wow, he was, you know, he had to know that question was coming. He wasn't prepared with, a, you know, a better answer that was, you know, like to satisfy the fans. And again, I'm saying, no, he's not going to give everybody, especially the media, what they want on that, you know, and even if he did, if he gave a canned answer that would be equally meaningless, you know, at this point. I mean, let's face it, if he gets a better offer to play somewhere else, he's going to go, all right? Uh, if he's got a better offer to play with the Pacers, if it's a better situation, he's going to stay. I mean, um, so I, I, I think you're right. And also, you know, going back to the bubble and, and things like that, I mean, he, he, he's had a rough year, obviously. And even though he was trying to come back, he wasn't fully himself. And, and uh, so... You know, I don't think he enjoyed any any part of that, and especially when he was under such scrutiny. Um, and then and then to have stuff come out with reports about him, um, you know, wanting to openly leave that you know seemed to be verified and all that. Um, I don't think I'd take uh, much of what he says to heart yeah. uh, going forward, and just you know, let's see how he plays. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of that lends me to launching into what I want to really, you know, kind of talk about with this, because I think, obviously, I mean, as you're noticing on, on Twitter, too, and as has been, you know, um, everyone, I, I think it's hopefully it'll die down a little bit this year and other things will come up around the NBA that'll maybe push this down uh, onto the back burner. And, you know, just the way that he's handling things now and 
um, the way that the team's going about it. And uh, I, I think that, you know, I mean, maybe as things get closer to the trade deadline, depending on how the team's doing, it could, you know, bubble up again. Um, but I, I think the way that I look at this, this is just so different from the Paul George situation. I keep seeing people saying, oh, this is just like Paul George. I really don't think so. I'm And I, I'm interested to hear your input on this too, but I just think um, just based on all the reporting we're hearing and, and just from our own personal assessment, like it's not even about him not wanting to be in Indiana. And I think his answering, you know, he's been clear on that too. It's not that he doesn't want to be in Indiana. I mean, he has this idea of what he's worth the Pacers have a different idea of what he's worth. That's the separation. I think that's what it comes down to. Like if they were, if they were agreeing on the same number, I really think that a deal would already be done on an extension personally, uh, or they would have something in the works. Like the extension talks would actually be um, constructive right now. Right. Um, But because they're not on that same level, of course they're not, you know, if, 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 if it's the reported, you know, like last year, um, or I guess this earlier this summer in the spring, whatever, um, it dropped that he was offered four for 84. And of course he was, you know, quote unquote, insulted by that. Um, and he thinks he's a max player. That's a $40 million difference, if not more, depending on what the max ends up being um, that the Pacers would, or whoever would pay him. Right. So I think going into this year, it's all about him. Like, and we've talked about this before, but I just want to get that out there. Like it's about, He's going in. He wants to show that he's worth that money because he thinks he's worth it. And I think that's what I struggle with with this because I I get I I've been vocal and in, in being a little bit frustrated in how him and his I definitely put a lot in his agent too on how this has been handled and we've talked about that. Oh yeah. Um, but I think a lot of this comes down to imagine being Victor Oladipo in 2017-18. You take the Cleveland Cavaliers led by LeBron James to his only seven game series in, in the first round ever, right. Gave them a hell of a series. You could argue if a couple things go differently, the Pacers win that series and, and Gold Victor. Tennis. Yeah, exactly. And oh, don't remind me about that. That was awful. <laughs> um, I was trying not to think about that. And um, I mean, you really think about it, that team, like, I mean, Victor is like a top 15 player that year. He largely hasn't lived up to his career throughout. And I don't want to say like that, but I mean, he, he was in a really poor environment in Orlando that with that front office and that regime was not good at growing their own talent. Victor kind of, you know, squandered there. Uh, He was on the back burner in Oklahoma city playing during Russell Westbrook's crazy triple double season playing like largely, you know, just in a different role than he should have been, frankly. Um, And he gets to Indiana. He comes in completely in shape with an awesome mentality and just has an insane year. And then the next year he gets injured um, and everything just kind of falls apart from there. So like, I think that's, that's something that we really lose in this. Like this dude was on the very top, but he hadn't been there before. Like he had that for just such a sliver, like that couple months period had this idea. He was like, I'm going to be a max player. I'm going to be the franchise player. And he wanted to be an Indiana. As he said, you know, it's my city. Um, And to like, I, I think it's so hard to, to explain people to quantify, like you have to have that mentality. That's not just something that you like, are you're not just like born with the, like, Oh, well, you know, I'm a, I'm the best player on the court. Like that's something that he has, like, that's his mentality. That's who he is. Um, and to, you know, kind of have people tell you or have everything come back on you and be like, no, you're not that player. Now we don't think you're worth what you think you're worth. Like that's gotta be incredibly hard. Like, I can't even imagine dealing with that. And just mentality wise, 
that's got to be extremely difficult too, because that can impact how you're playing. I mean, if you've been this ball dominant uh, number one option, and that's what made you into your best version of yourself, how do you come back and be like, oh, well, I'm going to take a backseat. And you can say whatever you want about that not being a team player. But I think what it comes down to is like, this dude was really damn good with what he was doing. And it's a really big impasse to have to, you know, figure out, especially considering he's not even 30 years old. Like, we can say whatever we want about professional athletes, you know, if they make all this money and all that. But um, I mean, Victor Oladipo is like four or five years older than me. I can't even imagine making that decision right now and having to deal with those kind of high leverage things. So I know it was a really long winded rant, but that was kind of a lot of what I was thinking about today. And, and, and previously, I think Victor definitely deserves some of the heat. Um, and, and again, I'd mentioned his agent too, as I already said. Um, but I, I think it's important to keep some of that in mind because there, there have been a lot of uh, things that have, like you were mentioning comments and stuff that have come out that have been a little bit disappointing to me. Yeah, but you know, that's just on Twitter. Come on. Yeah. But <laughs> um, as we talk, Twitter is, is and can be a cesspool, but really it, and it seems like a snapshot of everybody, but it's, it's a very small snapshot of, of even Pacers fans and NBA fans. Um, that's a fair is, point. It, it is, even though it drives, you know, it definitely drives the media and, and things that people focus on <clears throat> um, because all the media is involved in it. But um, it really is, is kind of a small um, snapshot uh, when you break it all down. And, and I, I've, I still feel like, you know, Vic can have a second app here um, if he's healthy and ready to go this year. And um, one thing I wanted just to add from, from his session today that um, a, a couple things. Um, one, I mean, it, the the vibe that he had, like we mentioned, was different yeah. than it's been in a long time. And, and it was even brought up at the end. Um, I think it was Jeremiah Johnson. It was just like, you know, this, you sound, <laughs> you sound like you're in a good place. Like you're, you know, there's some joy in your voice that that is similar to that first year when it was my city and, and he had the feathery attitude that washed over the whole team and, and rose and they rose up and, and had that great season. Um, and I think JJ said something like, do you think, you know, you can rekindle that joy, you know, that you had in that first season. And, and he was like, you know, with the guys they have right now, they, they all know each other. And he, he, you know, said, no, you know, like rekindle. No, he's like, we can surpass that joy this year with this team and, and, and the um, focus they have right now on doing well. And that goes into also, he was asked about his chemistry with Malcolm Brogdon, obviously, which mm-hmm. seemed to be um, edgy at best um, and, and, you know, seemed noticeable even on the court. Um, and as he explained it, you know, it was rough for him because he was on minutes restrictions and they never really were able to, to fully get on the same page, literally, um, because he was never fully healthy and they didn't yeah. play that much together. Uh, but it sounds like, um, you know, they have been, you know, I don't know, he, he didn't say this, but, um, but, you know, he mentioned that, you know, they're both really excited for the year and, um, and what uh, Coach Bjorkman had in store for him. And then he was like, and he's aware of what I'm, what I just told you, you know. And he's like, we're we're both looking forward to sharing the floor and doing something special here. So 
it, you know, it, it makes it seem like they've had, they've had some hearts of hearts and, and um, are, are trying to, you know, be co-leaders, I guess you would say, um, of the team. So we'll see, you know, how that plays out in reality. Uh, but I, I thought it was good that, you know, that was addressed as well today. So um, he, he went through all the, the thorny questions and, you know, came out smiling. So uh, hopefully <laughs> that's the start of something good this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually have one more thing that I want to hit that is uh, not from the Pacers presser. Do you have anything else you want to hit from that? Uh, no, I think we covered it pretty well. Okay, cool. Well, this one, it's not, it's not a great note to leave on, um, but it's something to keep in the back <laughs> of your mind. Um, out of the Orlando Magic presser today, um, Mo Bamba is still not ready to come back uh, due to, uh, you know, things that are arising uh, from his initial COVID diagnosis. He's having, um, you know, some issues coming off of that. And I think that's something to keep note of a little bit. Um, I, I wonder kind of what your thoughts are just on um, the season coming back and how everything's going, because, you know, I think it's a, uh, it's a little difficult because with all due respect, the way that the NFL and, and MLB has handled everything have been pretty horrendous and has, it's made the, um, it's certainly made the NBA look like just glamorous, you know, and comparatively. Um, but I do have a lot of questions about how this next season is going to work and how things go, because, you know, um, the, the NFL has one game to prepare for each week. And I guess on one hand, that's, we talked about this a little bit off air, but, you know, um, with one game to prepare for, it's harder to, you know, keep a tab on what everybody's doing and, you know, making sure everybody's kind of doing the right thing and staying out of, uh, um, you know, hot zones, I guess you would call them. Um, but I, I just wonder with 72 games, like um, I do, I just have legitimate questions um, and concerns on, on how this is going to work. And I'm not trying to be like fear mongering or something like that, but I think it's just le- le- legitimate, you know, I, I I do have a lot of um, a lot of questions on how things are going to work out. Oh yeah, I mean that is always going to be hanging um, here once they get going and, and moving, you know, traveling. I it'll be interesting to see how that first half of the season schedule is laid out, and you know, just the fact that they're not they're only given half the schedule tells you that they're kind of you know, trying to remain nimble for any any and every situation that might pop up. Um, but yeah, it's, and, and like you say, you, we've seen it with the NFL and, and, and college even more so um, with football. Now football, there's so many guys, it's a little tougher, but maintaining that bubble mentality of go to work, do your thing, you know, don't go out to restaurants with people, don't hang out with other people, you know, take care of your business, keep testing, and 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 stay, you know, safe and healthy, um, is a, is a challenge to make sure everyone stays on board and does that, and 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 even something while you're doing that could pop, and, and once it gets in inside the building, then you know, um, that can really slow things down. It is just a reality of, of kind of what we're <laughs> what we're living through here. I mean, we're doing it with high school, uh, we're doing it with, with college, obviously, and mm-hmm. and um, it's a matter of you know we're just going to shut everything down and and 
and hold off. I mean, they they could push the season to March, but um, they you know for the for the NBA and and the players. I mean, again, it, it's crazy. We said this in the summer, though. The same thing with going into that bubble yeah. in Orlando is the money is there's they're already shedding money, um, and even even doing it this way is gonna. Uh, they're going to be losing money, but they they got to you know for the business and uh, they they got to try and push through. And um, I I don't know what the threshold will be. The NFL seems like there is no threshold. Um, if you're uh, if they can get anybody to play quarterback, what the Broncos did this weekend, <laughs> uh, then yeah. yeah, we can go go out and do it. I mean, um, so um, I I don't think it the NBA would go to that severe lengths, but, um, but God, I'm just real interested to see what the actual schedule looks like and the way they have the travel set up and, you know, how often teams are going in and out of, uh, travel situations and, and, um, and, and if they can coordinate that where, you know, maybe, maybe they're not flying as much and, and mm-hmm. maybe, you know, flying a private jet, obviously that, wouldn't be that big of a deal if everybody's clear, but um, it just seems like the fewer out, outside um, factors you can bring into it, the better. And that and that brings up the other thing about, you know, some places are going to have as many fans as possible. I know um, I think they're hoping to have some level of fans, at least in like luxury suites at the yeah. field house. You know, what's that going to look like? Is that worth the risk, right? Um, so, uh yeah, I mean, none of it feels none of it feels great, does it? I mean, <laughs> no, that's um, like it's a good point. It's uh, kind of like when you, when you, when you step your glass a little bit. Yeah, um, but um, it is strange, you know. There's been a lot of college games on the last few days, and even though there's no fans, and when you know, it's similar to the bubble, when you watch that game, it just seems like man, this is so normal. Um, and then there's always that shot of the empty place and empty arena and um their odd random fan noise on the on the telecast <laughs> yes this ain't right <laughs> um but um you know you, you just gotta you know they got the, they have the, some serious protocols in place and um we'll see if if they uh if they hold up and how strong it is and, and if it can work but um it, it is going to be rough especially like you say with if it if it really hits one team um, hard, then you know even one team being knocked out and screwing up the schedule and and all of that you know, let alone the obvious major health concerns, um, it's going to be uh, it it could definitely be messy. But um, I guess they're not they're they're going for it. So yeah, here we are. Yeah, well, I mean that brings up two things. Um, I mean, number one, talking about the health concerns, I didn't even remember to mention it. I think like I, I'm just thinking about in terms of in football. OK, if you lose like um, it, obviously it hurts if you lose somebody who's a starter in football, but there's 11 guys, not five. Um, so I think that makes a huge difference. Like Kemba Walker was announced that he's not playing till January. So that is obviously huge for the Celtics. I mean, Jeff Teague's going to be their starting point guard now, or maybe they'll start Marcus Smart. I, I don't know. That. But um, I mean, that's huge for them. That could, I mean, especially considering it's a condensed season, granted it's only 10 games less, but still, I mean, that has an impact. If Kemba Walker misses say like 15 games, I mean, that hurts the Celtics a lot. Um, so 
definitely something to keep note of. Another thing, um, speaking of the schedule, Adrian Wojnarowski, I should have just said Woj. I don't know why I always try to say his full name. <laughs> Woj just uh, leaked the NBA Christmas Day schedule. Um, speaking of schedules. Yes, it's going to be Pelicans Heat at 12 Eastern, Warriors Bucks 230 Eastern, Nets Celtics at 5 Eastern, Mavs Lakers at 8 Eastern, which is kind of a surprising one, and then Clippers huh. Nuggets at 1030 Eastern. Yeah, interesting. All right. I would rather have Clippers, Lakers, Mavs. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. I I mean, I get Clippers, Nuggets playing again because of, uh, you know, what happened in the semis. So I'm sure there's some bad blood there. But, yeah, Yeah. it feels to me like, especially considering, you know, I mean, Traz is now on the Lakers and and you just have all those dynamics. Uh, It it would. And they're also from the same city. So it kind of would make sense. But, you know, they didn't ask me. Um, but regardless, I, I like the I like the setup. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think. So Heat, Bucks, Nets, Celtics. I don't mind it. Yeah. I will say though, there's six West teams and four East teams, so that's some uh, that's some bullshit. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, that's interesting. I can tell I you know. this: I will be watching. I mean, oh, I will certainly. I'll be watching every that's single game. Legal. I mean, come on. <laughs> Absolutely, player plot. Player props go on on that Christmas Day. Yeah, gambling is legal in Indiana, people. <laughs> Tom, I'm not endorsing that. That's all you. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, I guess. Okay, we'll so I have one last question though. What are your thoughts on Bill Walton as an announcer? He's been popular. I don't know if you've oh, seen. Man. It's been all over Twitter today. I personally oh, I love know. Bill Walton. I, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I'm I'm a big Bill Walton fan. Yeah, I've heard a lot of him. Uh, watched the two IU games and then. Um, I feel like multiple games is a little much. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, Jason Benetti, his uh, his play by play man, he's got to be just worn out at the end of a, end of a uh, broadcast. But I mean, I've always loved Walton. Uh, but yeah, after a while, it's like, um, especially w- when he's doing a game that isn't you know real important, like a early season college game. I mean, obviously, he's going off on completely tangential topics all the time and and um and that does get a little crazy i can i was thinking you know the hardcore iu fans today when they played so horrible and then they were you know when you're in a good mood i think walton's way better when you're in a bad mood it's probably really irritating so i have a feeling that that led to a lot of the uh, complaints today <laughs> yeah no, that's a good point. I mean, I think my thing with him is um, like, I get it. He's, uh, I could not listen to him every single game. Um, and if I want like super hardcore, like really good analysis, then yeah, probably not him. But um, I think my thing is like, he loves doing it. Like you can tell that he loves doing it. He loves basketball. He's just happy to be there. Um, and I think that's something that's lacking in announcing sometimes, especially when talking about TNT and yeah. ESPN, like, I I prefer that all day than than Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, and Chris Weber hate watching. So um, I will gladly right. take that any day. Um, but yeah, I agree. Well, Tom, this was fun. Um, we will definitely be back together soon. We have, uh, I mean, the first preseason game it's is de- December eighth, December eighth, December ninth. Uh, or am I way I off? Is it 12th. December twelfth? I think it's, it's the twelfth. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I had it somewhere in the back of my mind. I already have a guest lined up for that, so we will uh, nice. we'll be looking forward to that. To everyone listening, again, thank you for listening. Of course, if you didn't already, be sure to go rate and review us. Um, 
of course, read us over on Indy Cornrows. Caitlin put out one of the best pieces we've had out in, you know, over the last month. Of course, I mean, anything Caitlin puts out is fantastic, but um, she put a really great piece out on Miles. Definitely go check that out and, and um, give her some feedback because she always works incredibly hard on stuff. Um, and just have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening.